but eventually they want to interface us in different ways with computer and so on and give us little chips in their heads to make us perfect little obedient happy citizens who will work forever without rewards and we won't need rewards in fact a reward will be serving the world state because that was written down in the manifesto set out by Cecil Rhodes that joined with the Lord Milner Group, the big bankers, and the Rothschilds, and became the Royal Institute for International Affairs, which most prime ministers, presidents, are members of the CFR. And all the ex-prime ministers and presidents make up what they call the parallel government. And I'll be back with more after these messages. Of spouses for the right kind of offspring and have held on to their wealth 
for centuries. That's the proof by the Darwinian theory that they are they have the right because they, they have proven survival of the fittest. And they talk about this amongst themselves. They use many, many front organizations, many front organizations. And as I say, all the big foundations that finance the non-governmental organizations that eventually will be the new form of democracy, the NGOs that we don't elect, are already advising governments. But they're paid to do that by the foundations that are just the fronts for the bankers to funnel money to them. And they know where they're going. Uh, Christianity, definitely the Catholic Church, was their first target in the 1500s. And it's been speeding up since then. And all the Protestants, as always, look back and say, yeah, the Catholic Church deserves it until it was their turn. And they've been brought down piecemeal over time as well until that's it's a sort of wishy-washy, happy affair Christianity. It's a sort of thing you go to to have a good sing-song and wave your hands in the air, very charismatic. That's allowed because it's positive thinking and the Masons push positive thinking. In fact, all the positive thinking books that came out at the start were by high-level Freemasons. Don't look at the negative, look at the positive. That way you're, you're dumb, happy, and, and stupid, basically. That's what they want to control society. Don't look at the bad things. And eventually they turned their sights on Islam. Islam had to go. Islam is an old religion, but it's also a way of life. It's totally interwoven with the people's way of life. And they're using every excuse under the sun today to destroy it. Although they pretend it's nothing to do with the religion, they pretend it's for other reasons. But believe you me, uh, you wouldn't find any problem from the Middle East or coming over from the Middle East if it wasn't for oh, what the Western allies, as they call themselves, NATO, have been doing to the Middle East for a long time. To make sure that the whole world would be under a form of martial law, about 30 years ago they started to open the floodgates to immigration from these very countries because, you see, in a chess game you set the board up and your moves up way, way ahead in advance, and therefore you had to bring in the very people who one day you attack their homelands and stir them up in their new countries, as they naturally would be stirred up, and then point to them and say, look, there's, there's problems within our midst. Every country has to go under martial law. If you hadn't opened up the floodgates, and it was basically the, the native peoples who were there in their own countries in Europe, it'd be very hard to declare martial law. They'd all say, well, what's your problem? It's all the same culture. We're all the same people. That's how you do it. That's called geopolitics. And it's geopolitical strategy. Now, these guys who leave politics, who are placed into politics, all the names we've never heard of that suddenly became prime ministers and presidents, they come and go. They do what they're told, as Charles Quigley, Carl Quigley said, Professor Carl Quigley. He said, we always make sure that the top ones are always ours, meaning the Council on Foreign Relations. And he wrote that book in the 1960s. He said this system had already existed for 60 years in the U.S., so it shows you how far back the parallel government goes. Margaret Thatcher reiterated that by saying that she now belongs to the parallel government made up of ex-prime ministers, presidents, and high-level bureaucrats from all countries that all know each other, that all work together in this common purpose. What is the purpose? It's the one purpose. A socialized world state with 
masses of bureaucracy running the lives of every individual from birth to grave at the bottom. The reduction of population by any and all means possible because the elite you see believe that the lessers will outbreed them. According to the laws of Darwin, the, the lessers have to go. They're obsolete. They have not evolved enough. If allowed to carry on, they might bring down the elite. This is all written about in their own books. They have been very blatant about it over the years, and more so even in recent months, with articles appearing in mainstream BBC and other newspapers saying they've got to reduce the population fast in places like Britain. So Mr. Fabian Tony Blair, the man who pretty well takes the credit for uh, getting Britain to go to war, this fake war that they started, and declaring martial law on the entire British people, and with the loss of all privacy, and the role it's on now is going to get worse and worse with the successor, who's also a Fabian. Both Blair and Mr. Brown are members of the Fabian Society. But once they leave politics, they don't just go stay in the Royal Institute for International Affairs, dash CFR. They also get put into other places because the Fabians were meant to infiltrate everything from within and tear it apart. A big hoopla happened when Mr. Blair joined the Catholic Church after leaving office. And everybody in the conspiracy theory, oh, you see, it's really the Catholic Church is behind this. <laughs> and no, that wasn't what it's about at all. Because and he immediately took it upon himself, funded by big foundations, to start to create interfaith societies within the Catholic Church. And remember, to belong to this great global new government, you cannot, as a religion, claim to have exclusive truth in your religion. If you do, they'll be at war with you. Anyone who says, yeah, all religions are fine, that's why they created the New Age, all religions are fine. You have Buddha, Muhammad, and Jesus, and all the different ones, Krishna, all together, and they pray to them all. No exclusive truth. You see, Fabians can't allow anyone, in any group, any society, to believe in what they want to believe in, even when they're not out pushing it on other people. Because Fabians are completely intolerant and it's so amazing under the, the guise of democracy and liberalism that they always use to gain steps, to gain a few steps ahead in their agenda. They're the most intolerant of all. And Mr. Blair, Mr. Blair, who's now in the Catholic Church, making sure that everyone can come in and, and the Catholic Church has no exclusive right to truth is now telling the Pope to change this Catholic Church. Can you believe this little psychopath? This little psychopath, its ego is, is, is higher than St. Paul's Cathedral, is, is, is wanting the Pope to change it all and advising him how to do it. This is from the Mail Online. Mail Online. You should understand, too, these guys look at the whole of society as one homogenous mass, not individuals. Just like toy soldiers or little, little, little peasant societies on a model scale, and they want to reorganize it all. That's how they see us all. But they're a psychopath. From the Mail Online, April the 8th, 2009. This is what Mr. Blair says. The Pope is out of step with ordinary Catholics because of his entrenched attitude to homosexuality. That's the tact he's taking. He doesn't give a darn about homosexuals. 
Tony Blair has declared. <coughs> the former Prime Minister said that the Vatican was far less tolerant on gay rights and was resisting adapting to modern life. I think the Catholic Church has had more than its fair share of scandals to do with gayness and paedophilia over, the, over this last while. In fact, one bishop in the States was murdered because he spoke out against it. It is throat cut from ear to ear. He's a friend of Malachi Martin. Mr. Blair, who converted to Catholicism after leaving office, didn't take him long, eh, to get on the high horse. Suggested it was too afraid to change its trenchant views because it could lead to a complete overhaul of the faith. Well, that's what, of course, Mr. Blair is after. But once it's, it's homosexuality, they don't go on to the next step, the next thing, and the next thing. Until you won't recognize it. It'll be like Hinduism. Then you'd be pleased. I'll read more when I get back from this break. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix. Reading an article from the Mail Online to show you the little psychopath, Mr. Blair, the Fabianist. Remember the Fabian Society have two main emblems. One is a, a turtle or a tortoise moving slowly, slowly intergenerationally towards a particular goal. Another one is a wolf in sheep's clothing. Infiltrates from within, appear to be one of you, and destroy you from within, you see. So he became a Catholic, and now he's using the political correctness to voice it onto the Catholic Church. And my goodness, uh, I guess uh, being appointed as Prime Minister, being put in there by the big boys, really went to his head, because now he thinks he should tell the Pope what to do, this novice Catholic. And he says here, Mr. Blair, who converted to Catholicism after leaving office, suggested it was too afraid, the Catholic Church was too afraid to change its trenchant views because it could lead to a complete overhaul of the faith. It's just how Fabians see society. They want to overhaul everything into the way that they want it to be. They're completely intolerant of any other way. Completely intolerant. He also controversially implied that the Catholic Church should reform itself in a similar way to how he reshaped the Labour Party in the 90s. He completely altered the face of Britain when he was in. And he got us all through this martial law stuff. Where everyone's being watched, monitored. You can't go anywhere without cameras watching and listening to you. And your phone calls. This is what he calls success. That tells you where he's coming from. So he's telling the Pope. The Pope should just reorganize it all. The same way he did to the Labour Party. And the ninth, that tells you the man's doesn't believe in any God, at least not the one in the Catholic Church. That's the arrogance of a psychopath. The utter arrogance of a psychopath. You see, he'll use any means at all to achieve his end, but he himself, and he'll lie in the whole bit, because after all, if he really believed in Catholicism, you'd have to believe in the God that laid it down in what you believe. And they do believe those Catholics in the Catholic Church. doesn't matter what anybody else believes, that's their right to believe what they want. So, that's Mr. Blair for you, as he trots along doing his, all his different jobs and telling people how to live and how to behave and how to alter themselves and how to come into modern-day mainstream. I wonder what you'd tell Jesus Christ if he saw him. Right? What would you tell him? He would a, a, a suit and put on a red tie, perhaps. Get his 
Kirtan. I've no doubt you would. And become a member, a card-carrying member of the party. So, that's a good example of the psychopathic personality that's hired and trained to do exactly what he's doing. As he was hired and trained before they made him a Prime Minister of Britain. And yes, he was made the Prime Minister of Britain. He overruled everybody's objections to go in to Iraq and, and Afghanistan. He overruled everyone because it was a must-be a must be to get the whole world, the Western world, into this war. To change every country, that was why. And he's a complete universalist, internationalist. He doesn't believe in any nations. The Fabians wanted to hammer the world into the shape that they thought it should be. And that's on the stained glass window of the Fabian society. The founders hammering the globe on an anvil into the proper shape. And that means everyone else in it too, on that little globe, you see. Now, I've talked before about how, you, how the modern police, again, being brought up in a generation of video games and their heroes are all guys in black in these games, just kill, 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 kill. Now they have the, the, the authority to be tough men. They're not policemen anymore. They're enforcers. Enforcers. They even call their cars that in Britain now, enforcements, enforcement cars. And... So out of that generation, just like the military, you have these ones who want to kill and use force and, and just like their heroes and all the, the, the movies they watch, steroid men. Well, in the G20 meeting, there was a, a newspaper vendor, a seller, coming home from work. And he just happened to walk in the wrong direction. It was his normal direction, actually, going home. And the Guardian newspaper got a hold of some video footage, I'm sure there's more to come, where you'll see him walking in front of the police, and the police are coming up behind him with dogs and all that. This one, I don't know if you call him a policeman or what you call him, thug, comes out and whacks him on the back of the legs with these uh, truncheons that are meant to cripple. That's what they're meant to do, especially designed. And if he didn't go down right away, I guess he wasn't moving fast enough out of the way. You know, schnell, schnell. That's the new order you get, schnell. Uh, then this, this, this other, this guy just jumped him in the back, threw him on the ground. The guy came down hard on his chest. And that wasn't the first time they put him down, apparently. There's more videos to come from other people who were there. That was the second time they did it. Anyway, he died. He died. So they're going to have one of these wonderful open inquiries where all these ex-cops that are put on the inquiry board will do the investigation. The post-mortem, in fact, that the autopsy was done by the whole, a, a, a physician from the Home Office, that's as high as you can get in Britain for the cops and anti-terrorism. So their own outfit did the autopsy on the, on the guy. And so he died with a heart attack. Amazing, eh? Just amazing. We're under incredible tyranny, and these are only shades, shades of things to come on a much bigger, bigger scale. Because the modern policemen are not policemen at all. They're thugs, I'm afraid. They're a brotherhood, a fraternity, and they're trained to be paranoid by the public. I think, I think the music may be coming in. Uh, yep, it is. So I'll be back after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. 
cutting through the matrix, discussing how the police have certainly changed from services. It's called police services, and they were responsible to the public for their actions. Little towns used to hire them and could fire them too, but you can't do that now. You see, it's all federalized. And they're a brotherhood, a fraternity. They're trained to view the public with suspicion and to actually prey their predators upon the public. They're given quotas of tickets and all the rest of it to do. And they're rather hostile to people nowadays. You can't go up and ask them the time. Don't wear a camera for whatever you do. Because they'll search you and be rather nasty to you, asking you why you're taking pictures. I don't think you're allowed in Britain now to take pictures of policemen. That's what they've told different people. And they have videos up on YouTube where you'll see the policemen and come up and saying that. They all think they're the law now, as they strut around with their newfound authority from the government. But I'll put the link up from The Guardian where you can see the video of this man uh, being killed, obviously. And uh, I don't know if it really affects people today because we're so jaded with uh, so many movies, 30 years or what, of, of really horrible movies. We can't tell the difference between fact and fiction. Slaughter is nothing. We, we live watching that. People get off on watching that in the movies. So I guess that's all part of the Bernays training technique techniques that's been used on us to desensitize us all. Tough. But anyway, Ian Thomason is dead, and uh, they'll have their little inquiry, and they'll be, they'll soon be forgotten. There'll be nothing much will come out of it, because after all, just one person amongst the masses. And what does that matter in today's Fabian society? Now, they give out handouts to the media all the time, massive handouts. And the media complies. They're happy to have the thing written for them, propaganda. It saves the journalists having to do much thinking, and they simply print it into the papers. And they're always keeping their, their, those who they've trained to support them, all the different groups, the Greenies and so on, they're always promising them wonderful futures and wonderful things to come. And this is from the BBC News too, April the 8th. Prime Minister Herald's green economy. What about a green economy? A green economy budget. I heard this back in the 70s. They're talking about the same kind of stuff, electric cars and all that. Prime Minister Gordon Brown is promising this month's budget will plot a green route to economic recovery. Maybe we're all going to grow vegetables, but I guess you have to get permits for that. Trials of electric cars, a roadside network of vehicle charging points, and incentives for environmentally friendly car makers are among planned measures. Well, I'll tell you what the real story is, and I said this years ago on radio. When I was young, I went in to look and see how cars worked and found out how old the internal combustion already was. And I thought, with the speed of changes in every different field, why is it we're still using the same engine, basically, as we did in the late 1800s? And it became evident to me after reading the different agendas coming out of the United Nations and the globalists that have always been around uh, publicizing themselves. It was evident to me that it eventually phase out cars because in a totalitarian society where you want everyone to live in Agenda 21, we can take UN Agenda 21, you'll all be crammed into these overcrowded cities. And it says right in it, in the UN's Agenda 21, there'll be no private transportation. 
So the idea is not to give you substitutes, really, this is all just a red herring, is to phase all cars off the road. And they'll, they'll also use the purse at the end, because Fabian said that they will use money primarily as a controlling factor in society. So here he is, Mr. Brown, promising a green route to economic recovery, which is all rubbish. And you realize how much energy it takes to produce electricity and then, then to, to recharge these batteries and all the rest of it. It's phenomenal, way more than the cost of creating gasoline. And you can't go terribly far, but that would also suit their agenda because they don't want you traveling terribly far. They want a Sovietized system where you need a permit to get outside your own little region or area. That's coming too, by the way. So this is the, this is the nonsense he's telling his, his followers. Mr. Brown told the independent news there was scant room for further fiscal stimulus. No kidding. The same guys used this crisis, like Hillary Clinton said in the U.S., and use this crisis for the greening agenda. They always create the crisis because they need them. Instead, he said the budget on 22nd of April would be a job creator, a quality of life improver, and an environmental, uh, environment-enhancing measure. Well, it will create jobs for, for those who work in the welfare departments. There's, there's a big need for them now all over the Western world. Mr. Brown told the newspaper, it's, it's not just what we do to give real help to people and businesses now. Is there, is there a help to business? They've strangled business for 30 years. But about setting a path for the future as well. We always take into account both what we need to do now and what is the best future for the fiscal position. And then it, then it goes in, and then there's a, a blurb there uh, tied in with uh, one of the green environmental uh, groups, I think it's Greenpeace. Greenpeace is not an elected uh, group. We don't elect these people to advise politicians. But this is what they're now calling the new democracy, the NGOs, you see, pretending on, to speak on behalf of the people are heard by the politicians. That's the only ones the politicians will listen to. After all, they're all run by the same bosses, the bankers who run the foundations that fund the NGOs. That's why. Now, I'll go to the, call, the calls now, and I think if I can get this up, my satellite just keeps falling tonight. There's Derek from Philadelphia there. Are you there, Derek? Hey, Alan, can you hear me? Yes, I can, yeah. Hey, hey. Well, very interesting show tonight, like usual. Uh, I was actually thinking while you were talking about the whole idea of masonry and mm -hmm. master masons, as they call themselves. Well, the entire story of masonry with Herod and King Herod and Solomon, I guess it was, was that they were they were actually all slave masters. And when you and the whole point of masonry, or the low level masonry, I guess, is to to become the third level master mason. And do you want to talk about that a little? <laughs> I'd love to hear it. Yeah, it's, you look into, you drive up to any town um, throughout Canada or any of the, the British Commonwealth countries, and the first sign you'll see, the first sign is a big sign, and it has all the different Masonic outfits in that particular town or city. And uh, it's telling you right there who owns and runs the bureaucracies and the system in that town or city. Well, so they're yeah. very handy, even though they don't know very much. They are a fraternity, and of course they are sworn to help each other and keep secrets uh, from the general, from the profane, those outside their organization. Uh, and they do promise to help each other up the ladder in promotion-wise, right. giving business to their own businesses and so on. 
helped write the business to them. Well, it seems to be almost the entire structure. <laughs> it, it is. It's, it's everywhere in the labor. planet. Yeah, everywhere in the planet you'll have a lodge. In the tiniest village you'll have a lodge, in fact, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, well, the entire structure seems to be based on slavery. The entire idea from its conception is that the slave masters, and I guess the elite masons in their own little lodges or whatever they do, mm-hmm. they see themselves as Herod or Solomon, you know, or little Solomon, you know, running around. That's right. You know, I understand, too, in ancient Egypt, um, the bureaucratic class called themselves slaves, but they were very well rewarded. Uh, they can call themselves servants or slaves. It doesn't matter. They're slaves to their god or their system, but they're very well rewarded for for being so. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, of course, they all believe that they're on the right track to improve society. Um, but they never ask, well, who's designing this new improved society, and is there any nefarious purpose to it? So the lower masons are very handy, and Pike and others have said that they're no different, really, with what they know or don't know. Than, than, the, than the, the outer uh, profane. Uh, they don't know very much at all, but they do help to keep this system and structure running. And um, they'll go along. They, they actually get directions from the top that tell them basically how to think and, and uh, even which way to vote and all this kind of stuff really is kind of uh, hinted at. And, and you, hints, when you're given that by the Grand Master, mean more than just a hint if you take... If, you're, if, you're, if it's a word from the wise, as they say, you listen to what they tell you. So you'll notice, too, that the chipping program for all children has been pushed by all Masons, and they have it on their sites, their websites, that they're, uh, they call it the, the Masona chip or something, they call it. They want all children to be uh, carried, uh, carrying these um, ID chips, etc. Uh, they also were the ones who were behind the fingerprinting of all children as well, and so on. They also take credit for giving us the present educational system. That's in their documents uh, from Masonic websites. Uh, well, look at the education system. It's a social engineering program, and that's ob- obvious. You know. Well, it, it's totally Pavlovian. As yes, it is. Yeah. And I've talked to Masons that came out of it and had to went through some deprogramming guys who were up there, you know, Mm-hmm. Not, not terribly high, 32nd degree. And <clears throat> they tell you that uh, after a few years, they cannot believe how differently they now see society as how they, they saw it, very tunnel vision, like when they were in Freemasonry itself and when they were active uh, Masons. Well, well, those things that you do in the temple when you're a Mason, they probably go back for a much longer time than people think or say, those little rituals they do and what they're yes. doing there. You know, maybe on a spiritual level. Yes, and Albert Pike said it's not necessary that they understand the emblems, the emblems and symbols during their training and their degrees. It's only necessary that they think they understand what they are. Mm-hmm. So they're being hoodwinked as well. And, and well, it's kind of obvious almost because they even have you know the death symbols that would happen to you if you give up yes. a secret. Who like to, to any of the profane or someone not associated with masonry at all? Or even just the common, least intelligent person would be able to see that these symbols, to, to kill other people, that's really what it's all about. Seems like. Uh, and, well, it's also incredibly arrogant, because, I mean, when you get a bunch of 32nd degree Masons talking amongst themselves, you really do believe, uh, that's how stupid the ego of ordinary mortal man is, they truly do believe that they are superior and that they are more intellectual and they, they, do, they do believe that they have acquired wisdom, and they do 
uh, call the general public the profane to each other in a derogatory fashion, you know. Well, I'm sure they believe that too. Yes. <laughs> Just kind of fit in a way how. Mm-hmm. Sick they've become, but maybe that's just who they are on the inside. I guess they're attracted to those little rituals, etc. Well, most let's be honest too. What kind of man would join an organization where the only thing that he knows about it is it helps you in your career to get up the ladder or to get out of trouble, etc., etc. It also helps you to bypass petty bureaucracy. You you do get a lot of help. That's all they know about it, and then they take their oaths. And they're told they won't understand certain things. They're told not to ask questions about higher degrees, etc. And um, if you were to ask them, what am I joining? They'd tell you, well, I'm not allowed to tell you. What can a fool would join and give a blood oath, his life oath, staking it all on an organization that will not tell him what its, its main purpose is? It's, that's, you know, you say it very eloquently, Alan. So uh, I'll hang up now and... Yeah, thanks for calling. Yeah, the volume is very low in the colors. I can just just make it out. And there's Ken from Massachusetts. There, you there, Ken? Ellen. Yes. Ellen. Uh, I spoke to you uh, on Friday uh, toward the end of the show, and uh, you suggested I call back on Monday. And um, I apologize; I didn't get back to you sooner. Yeah. Uh, I was. Uh, Calling about uh, the uh, Metro newspaper. Yeah, yeah. That's and right. uh, there was a, uh, when I was uh, at work, I came across an advertisement and I immediately thought of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was put out by uh, Clark University in the Metro newspaper. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, wanted change agents. And uh, it's an advertisement to, uh, for, um, an MBA program, mm-hmm. and uh, it's an MBA, Master's in Business Administration and Social Change. Yes. Yeah. Uh, they've got a blurb. Uh, they have a brief description, and uh, it includes uh, uh, nonprofit and NGO management. Yes. And says uh, generous scholarships available. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, just... In the venue that it's in, I'm thinking about it, it's like, you know, the, the Metro, I'm sure you're familiar with it. Yes. It's globally distributed, mm-hmm. and it's, uh, synd- uh, I don't know if it's syndicated up, but they have, like, localized editions. Yep. But it's, it's all over the Western world and uh, Asia as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, you look at the articles, and it's uh, Green Agenda, mm-hmm. every other article. And global and, governance, yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and yeah. Uh, a good smattering of uh, gun violence articles. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and it, it strikes me because it's a, it's a freely distributed paper. Yes, and uh, there'll be money coming into that from various sources that not, they'll never tell you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And it, it's, it's, it strikes me, it seems like a, kind of following a Soviet model. Yes, because that's exactly what the Club of Rome, the big think tank, is the premier think tank for strategy. Uh, the ones that came up with this greening global agenda and the people at war with the planet and therefore they had to change their ways. They said that they looked at all the systems and they favored the collectivist system, meaning the Soviet system, to run the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, but it just, 
just uh, striking, like it says, uh, gen, you know, concerning the state of the economy we're in right now, and it says, like, you know, yeah. they would actually take out an ad huh? to be distributed. It says, uh, generous scholarships available. Yes, well, part of their agenda, and this is also with uh, the different organizations that also work with the Royal Institute for International Affairs um, that are heavily funded, um, they are training what they call young leaders uh, for, mm-hmm. for future positions to control and guide society. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's what they've been doing for quite a few years now. They pick them out, they test them psychologically and to see if they're malleable and they program them to be future leaders. And these are the ones they'll eventually present over you as CEOs or bureaucrats or politicians. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's... Uh, so the... the uh, this uh, push the uh, the greening agenda though, that you've been discussing I'm, has been uh, being pushed for quite a long time. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm a bit younger than you. I, I I'd estimate I'm about ten years younger than you. But I'm when I was in uh, I remember when I was in primary school mm-hmm. in uh, in the mid seventies. And uh, it was around the time when they were pushing metric big time at the time yeah. at that point. Yeah. But I was—I I remember, it, yeah, even being introduced to soy. I mean, I was in third grade. They were showing us. They were telling us about <laughs> tofu, solar energy. Uh... Yes, hold on, Chad. I think I hear the music. It's very faint, and we'll come back after this break. Okay. through the matrix talking to Ken from Massachusetts about the metro paper that's all over pretty well the planet with all their political correct uh, greening uh, agenda and their global governance and all of that kind of stuff that they're pushing. There are so many, again that goes back to an article I read uh, maybe a month or so ago when the the big boys at the top talked about using uh, all kinds of media and how they already had for a hundred years to promote their agenda. This is just another part of it and it's it's in everything, actually. It's in everything that you watch. Evening comedies, you've been programmed along this particular agenda with little buzzwords, catchphrases, and Lenin said we shall win by slogans, repetition of slogans. And it's so true until the public start to parrot them themselves. Hello? You still there? Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, if, uh, if you think it'd be uh, worth doing, I can... Just go into the uh, advertisement. I was like, you know, it, just as I was listening, I was looking over the description, and I mean, it really, it really says quite a bit. Yes, uh, but we've not really time tonight. We've got another uh, caller to take, but but I, I know what you're saying, and um, I've seen similar ads in different newspapers as well. And you'd be amazed how many universities are teaching courses in global governance and, and all this kind of stuff. They have been for a few years. And they're bypassing the older generation who don't even know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's. But like I said, I mean, it's like I I I recall. I mean, like you know, thirty years ago. Yes. A lot of this stuff I was uh, being exposed to, and I would say that I was when I was in a you know, I was in a public education system, and uh, in some ways, pretty. Good as public education systems go, they covered a lot of things that 
I'm surprised. Yeah, they called themselves change agents years ago, even when there mm-hmm. was the, for the education system, there were books out for teachers where they actually stated you're now change agents. Mm-hmm. They were, their, their job was to socially engineer society step by step into this world society where there's, there's no rights or wrongs, it's moral relativity. If you have a fixed opinion on something or a true belief in something um, and it doesn't blend in with the agenda, then you'll be stigmatized. And mm-hmm. we've, we've lived through it all happening. But mm-hmm. thanks for calling, and I'll go on to Patty from Illinois. And she's still there before the hi, end of the Alan, show. Hi, Alan, can you hear me? Uh, yes, I can. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, hi, Alan. How are you doing? I'm just hanging in as always. Yeah, yeah me too, mm-hmm. despite the spring. Uh, I'll just add quickly to what that caller was saying. My daughter-in-law is trying to get her certification to become a teacher, and she is from Russia. Yeah. And um, she's just shocked. She said it's. She said it's just. It's like I'm. I'm doing the Soviet system completely. She said well, it's she all is. the yep. studying and and uh, you know the testing that she has to take. It's uh, the questions. The mm-hmm. it's all politically correct. It's all socialization. It's all collectivism. She yes. said it's. It's so out of the Soviet system. She said it just shocked her that. She said it's all here in America now. It's just. It is. Uh, it sadly is every, every, almost every part of it uh, that the Soviet system was the second great experiment and they're using that uh, for the entire planet. Um, Mr. Gorbachev, remember, was the president of the Soviet Union when it was the Soviet Union and even while he was still the president of the Soviet Union, uh, they'd opened up and passed um, the little charter for his greening agenda when he would come over to the States and start to... Uh, spreading world socialism across there as well. He's heavily funded by the big foundations too. And now everything is going green. You can't open a newspaper or anything without yes. it in there. It's on the covers. It's everywhere. Yes. It's monotonous. <laughs> they even have monotonous. a whole line of clothing for girls. <laughs> yes. But so, thanks for calling. And, yeah, well, um, you take care, Alan. And you too. All right. And from Hamish myself in Ontario, Canada, it's good night. And may your God or your gods go with you.